Cinephiles, audiophiles, ladies and germs, welcome to the Film Cult Podcast. Tonight, a fellow Canadian, Denzel McFarlane, from the amazing new band, the OBGMs. Denzel, how are things? I'm wonderful, man. How the hell are you doing? How the hell are all the people in Film Cult world doing? <laughs> I'm good. It's a nice day out, so I, I can't complain. And the smoke isn't too heavy here yet, so that's always good. True, true, true. Makes sense, makes sense. I mean, there's only the death virus outside, so uh, it doesn't affect the sun, <laughs> I guess. Well, speaking of that, how, like, gung-ho are you just to get back on the road now? Man, uh, what's the best way to put it? Um, we, I took a year off of music uh, and decided, I don't know if I was able to do this. I don't know if I was good enough to do this. Uh, spent a year finding myself and saying, yeah, I can't do it. Man, I can't wait to do it. We recorded an amazing album. And then we, and then in the, in the process of recording the amazing album, there was a death virus that came out. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like we missed everything. We missed a whole year of everything. Fuck. I need to get back outside. <laughs> so, um, that's how, that's how I feel. This is the worst timing. Uh, from a selfish standpoint, worst pandemic ever i would say uh, <laughs> that's a, yeah. well have you thought about how these songs are gonna like look live are you guys preparing for that now Fuck. oh sorry am i allowed to curse oh I, please I just, fucking swear no, away on this show no. fuck shit ass well yes. fuck no because um <laughs> i haven't even all right yo man listen we uh we were in the rollout for this album uh, and you can even trace it back to our social media. Um, we didn't play a show for maybe what thirteen months and maybe two years in our own city. Uh, and uh, we were announcing a big show. Uh, it was RSVP only uh, in a very very small venue. We had uh, three hundred people almost uh, RSVP. The venue only fit twenty, uh, and we had to turn a bunch of people away. And um, and the day before the show, Tom Hanks said he had COVID. Uh, and the day of the show, the NBA canceled. Fucking nobody came. <laughs> so, 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 like, like we had, and we're going to release the video of it pretty soon. Uh, but, like, like 10 people risked their lives to come. <laughs> and, and so I'm happy that nobody got COVID that I know of. And, uh, and shit, uh, we need to get back out there, man. Like, just wear your mask. That's all I got to say. Well, you got some like pretty relevant songs on this new album. How how recently did you record this? Was this all recorded uh, within the first few months of 2020? Right, it was probably recorded last month. God damn. Um, what I would say is that um, at the period we recorded this in um, between October and December of 2019, uh, and. Um, through the year, all of 2019 and all of 2018, it really sucks for me. I'll be real. Um, it sucked. It was really, really bad. Uh, you know, everything just kept on getting worse and worse to the point where I said, fuck the world and everybody in it. Uh, so during that process, we, I wrote these songs, uh, that, that lets you know what exactly what I'm about and exactly what I'm struggling with. Uh, I'm struggling with trying to get my comeuppance and be seen, being seen. Uh, and for people like me that look like me to be seen, uh, I'm struggling with going crazy in my own mind and my, and my uh, own motivations. Like 
what am I doing this for? I'm struggling with looking in the mirror. Uh, so I think I'm always going to have that struggle. So from year to year, whether it's pandemic year, epidemic year, um, blackout year, I'll have that struggle going on. So it's always going to be timeless music for anybody feeling the same way. Well, speaking of the up, like the uprising in the streets right now, what do you make of it? Do, do you think that Toronto in particular, or even Canada as a whole, is stepping up to the plate enough? Um, in, in what respect? In what particular uprising are you referring to? Well, just like the Black Lives Matter movement, the police brutality movements, everybody taking to the streets in, in the States right now. Do you think that Canada is doing enough in their part? Because, yes, it is happening, but it's not happening to the level that it is in the States right now. Yeah, I think this is the thing about Canadians. I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh, the thing about Canadians, uh, particularly Canadians from Toronto or even Ontario, is that uh, what I feel, just from my perspective, is there's a lack of understanding as to the racial, socioeconomic issues uh, black, brown, indigenous, people of color face. Uh, and a lot of the comments I've seen to find seem to say it's not as bad as the states. So it's not as serious as the states. Um, what I would say to that is that the Canadian population in total is what, 37 million, 38 million, something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is California? <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, so, um, and the way we process media, uh, the way media reports on particular things is in a much more subtle way where people, unfortunately, unless you're living in that walk of life, um, they may not understand the severity of the issues. Whereas me, being a black man all of my life, every day, last time I checked, um, I know exactly what the fuck is going on. I know exactly what I need to do to advance uh, the issues that I face or advance attention to the issues that I face as a black man in in society. And I can say in my community, we're very, very, very vocal about that. But what's happened in this year, which is something I, I love because in all my years I've not witnessed this, is that I'm able to have a conversation with you about being a black man uh, and what I face and what I perceive I face and other people are able to sit down and listen. Not say it doesn't exist, not say blah, 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 not try to delegitimize me and my position. They're literally sitting down and listening and doing what every real human should say and say, how can I help? Um, fuck, that's the best. Um, let's, plot, let's, plot a tri- let's plot a path forward and, and discuss different ways that we can advance. And I do believe that uh, Toronto, I wouldn't say is ahead, uh, but I would say that we as a people in general uh, are making steps. And it's going to be a learning experience all the way through. Uh, and we just have to do our best. I have to listen to you. You have to listen to me. We have to listen to each other. And we're going to disagree. Families fight. It is what it is. But we have to know that we're working to be together. Uh, we're working to be together and live together and address all issues as equals. And that's all we're trying to do. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, I, this is not a this is not a fad to me, though. Like, I'm not out here just posting black pictures and fucking frames on Instagram. Like, this shit is what we fight for every day. So what do you think? like the first piece of legislation we should really be fighting for is 
And, and also, uh, on top of that, what kinds of, like, places are you sending your white friends to try to get education and, and, and to get to the level that maybe they should have been at by now? I love these questions. Okay, so this is it. So where do you – let's start with the first question. Um, what could we do? Um, what, first, you have to understand what exactly are black, brown, indigenous people of color fighting for. Like, what is the issue? Uh, the issue is um, a large, large degree of it was brought on police brutality. Uh, so let's discuss policing uh, from, a, from a local level. Let's just discuss policing in Toronto. <clears throat> Me, Denzel McFarland, is not a fan of the police. Uh, I, growing up, I have had many encounters with police from as young as 10 years old to as old as two weeks ago. Um, a lot of people will listen to that sentence and say, what the fuck are you doing to make them so bad? Uh, but I'm not doing anything except existing and being black. So if we're going to discuss policing of black and brown people uh, or policing in general, I think we should look at what are police for? Um, are police there to be your crossing guards? Uh, are police there? Do we need an armed person to be your crossing guard? Uh, do we need an armed person to give you a parking ticket? Uh, do we need an armed person to help, uh, to, to be present? Do we need the military to be present when people are dealing with issues of mental health? Um, I personally feel the police are a form of militarization, and sometimes that hand is necessary in times of issues of violence. However, the police are not accurately suited for most of the issues in which they are sent to and deployed to, especially with issues of dealing with black and brown people. If we're looking at communities of color, um, uh, let's just call it what it is, uh, quite, often, quite often they are uh, plagued with a lot of socioeconomic issues. What is it? Um, they're poor. These issues are in communities are poor. Poor communities are often more heavily policed, and we can talk about we can we don't have enough time to talk about why that is. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, we have, we don't have enough time. We'll go for a long fucking time. So let's talk about heavily policing in communities. What that does is you are actually systemically. Uh, so police are going to target areas in which they feel that there are more there's more crimes. Okay, great. And those areas they're going to target are often areas that are communities of colors. By that strategy, you are systemically targeting people of color. That's what you're doing. You're targeting them. Uh, police work on quotas. Police work on mandates. They try to get a certain amount of arrests. They try to get a certain amount of closures. By having that style of policing, you are literally turning people in the communities that you are policing into targets. They are targets. You are looking at their communities more. You are trying to find a certain number of Pokemon to collect. So, so, so my question would be, why the fuck do we need them at all? Um, if we don't need them for a large degree of their services, we should defund them. Um, and their issues were strictly related to locally I'm talking about right now. I don't want to see a police person deployed to somebody having a mental health crisis. I would rather have somebody that is a trained professional that is equipped to handle that type of concern. I don't want to see an armed person giving me a ticket. Uh, I don't want to see an armed person being a crossing guard. Uh, like, why do we need your gun there? Uh, what the fuck do you need your gun to be there? Uh, uh, so 
that's what I'm talking about for police. Um, I believe the best strategy for policing, and I think I might be rambling right now because I'm so very passionate about this. <laughs> is, is, is I think the very, I think the very, very best thing if we're going to look at policing in Toronto communities is to defund them and to accurately redistribute that those resources into something that would be more better suited to where we are in society right now. Uh, I'm not saying a limit to the police because at some times, at some point in times, a heavy hand will be necessary. Um, but unfortunately, that heavy hand comes across on black and indigenous and people of color way more often than not. Um, we are overrepresented in police, in, in, uh, in uh, prison systems. We are overrepresented in the judicial systems. We are underrepresented in every fucking other position of power. Uh, so fuck that. <laughs> what was the second part of your question, sir? <laughs> Which is, I, I, I want to touch on that for a minute, though, before we go to the yes, second sir. question. Because I don't want to sound like an old fucking crusty punk here and all cops Not. are bastards, but a lot yeah. of them are. And I look at it... it <laughs> I, I look at it like this, and I've always had a problem with it, and that I've always felt that there needed to be police reform, and, and I feel like that's a lot of the reason why I gravitated towards punk in the early days was because they were talking about issues like this, but I feel like it's it, it's that. It's most certainly that, but it's also the fact that it's such a brotherhood there, and they're, as far as I'm concerned— until they're treated like citizens when they do something wrong. Um, right now, they, they kind of just get away with whatever the fuck they want to get away with. And even if they do go to court and they do get prosecuted, 99.9% .9 of the time they get scot-free because they're a cop. I feel like it's what you're saying, but we need to go even further. There needs to be even more police reform and... They need to be yeah. held accountable for their actions. Right now, they're kind of not citizens. I don't feel like cops are human beings right now because they're not really treated that way. The, if if it they're was diplomats, if they're it, diplomats exactly. So. <laughs> if you if you and I were in court right now against a cop, that cop's going to win against you and myself. And I okay, feel like me, it, it's very it's very wrong in, in that. Do, do you agree with that? Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and this is what I can say about that. I can tr I can only contribute life experience. Um, uh, when I was a young man, uh, which is still still now, but like uh, like about ten years ago, uh, maybe even a little bit ago, um, one of the most vicious times I've ever dealt with police. This is one of the most, but it's the one that has a little bit more traction and applicable to right now, which is um, I was walking on a street. Uh, and police uh, were in a straight line in front of me and four other guys. Um, they were blocking the sidewalk, but they weren't blocking people from passing. They were they were obviously looking for somebody because um, they were letting people go through. Uh, they let a group of ladies, go, young ladies, go through before us. But when we walked through, they stood in our way. Um, we asked what the deal was. They said nothing. Uh, but they stood in our way, and they wouldn't allow us actually to advance forward. We asked if we were detained. They didn't say we were detained. They didn't say we were arrested. They just stood in front of us, uh, and it was over to us. So what happened after that? Um, after a little bit of tussle back and forth, not physical, but like, why are we here? Can we go forward? Like, we can't go into the street. We have to go forward. It's the only way. It's the only direction. We're rocking a hard place. They're like, all right, you guys can go. Like they're, uh, like they're a bouncer at a club. When we take two or three steps by them, I was tackled and assaulted by the police officers. Or officers. I was thrown into a riot van, uh, and... 
And in front of the riot van, I watched all the police officers that were involved assemble and say, okay, so why did we do this? This is what I heard, word for fucking word, and I always remember it. Why did we do this? Oh, yeah, he spat at you, right? Oh, yeah, he threw a punch at you, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Okay, great. He kicked you, right? Great. Let's write an report. They all got together. They all did that right in front of me, and they all showed their books to me. Um, I went through the court system uh, for uh, a little more than a year, if I actually remember. It might be 11 months, but a little bit more than a year between that time. Uh, I had six court visits. Uh, I had to get legal aid. Uh, I wasn't able to leave the country. Uh, the first time they were going to give me disclosure on what was happening to me, they offered me two years in jail uh, because police officers said I assaulted them. I was charged with assault of police officers times two uh, and disorderly conduct. And what I can honestly say is I was literally just fucking walking home. I never touched anybody. I actually did what was instructed. I never did anything. Um, these police officers can say whatever the fuck they want and change your life. And if you don't have access to resources to stop that from happening, um, you're fucked. And quite often, if they're targeting your area, you're fucked. But like more times than not, they're targeting your area, areas that I live in, areas of people that look like me, you're fucked. If you don't have access to these resources, which is why you're in that area, um, you're fucked. It is what it is. Um, I'm lucky that I was able to tap into like my whole family's life savings to not do prison time for something I didn't do that police officers said I did. Um, I have no love lost for the police. I do not believe in reform because reform implies redistributing the wealth within the police department, which I don't believe it should be there. I think it should be taken out of that and into a completely different service, uh, defunding the police. Leave the police for for the shootout. Leave them for that. Uh, they can stay there for that. Leave them for the rapist. Bury them under the fucking jail. I don't give a fuck. Leave them for that. I'm cool with that. But we don't need them for any fucking thing else. I don't need a cop or anything else. Uh, fuck a cop, in my opinion. Uh, police officers are the cartel. Um, what I can say, in just my opinion, is that is that the system is rigged for black and brown people to fail. Uh, and if I worked at McDonald's and I hit somebody up the head, uh, if I worked at McDonald's and I hit somebody up the head uh, and threw my drink at them, what would happen to me? Uh, I would lose my job. <laughs> I would lose my job. Um, if I worked at a bank uh, and I cursed off the, the, the clients, uh, and doing whatever and spreading rumors, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would be fired. Police officers can do issues of violence and not be fired. They can be paid to take a break. Uh, like, what the fuck? There's no, there's nothing, there's no accountability there at all. Uh, and until there is accountability and stiff accountability, I want examples to be made of these people. Um, they can live in whatever world they live like because it's accepted. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to Toronto, uh, municipal or provincial, uh, provincial Ontario, there's no, there's no form of government that would support or that does currently support uh, any type of change or restructure for police. They believe that the status quo is just fine. And they will believe that until election year when they start changing their fucking tune. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious, why do you think people get the defund word wrong? Why why can they not grasp what we really mean when we're saying defunding? Nobody's saying get rid of cops completely. They're saying, first off, 
essentially, when you say defund the police, it's saying the, pe the police that are going to stay there, first off, need to be educated a hell of a lot more and need to have yep. more than six months of training. And there needs yeah. to be less of them, not to mention 99.9% .9 of the things that they do do, that money should go to other people who are a, a hell of a lot more skilled and trained to be dealing with that issue. So why do you think it is that, that the word defund gets so many people in an uproar? I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you, and a lot of people may not fucking like this sentence. It's racism. It, it, that's what it is. Um, it's just strain and plain, straight and plain racism. Um, it is what it is. If you're looking at the people that are championing, don't defund the police. They're probably often people are saying blue lives matter. Uh, like they're probably the same fucking people. Um, now when people hear the word racism or, or racist, um, they get up in arms because they know that that word means a bad thing. And they also know that they have black and brown friends. I got black friends. I'm friends with Tyrone. I'm friends with Denzel. Which is my <laughs> name. Uh, like, so, so they know they have friends. So how can they possibly be racist? Um, that's the thing. The institutional racism, systemic racism is such a subtle thing that you may not even know when it exists, you may not even know that you are being racist while it is happening. Um, when people think of racist, they think of the Ku Klux Klan, the grand friggin' master, the grand wizard, not Slash, the one with the pointy top. <laughs> that's what they're thinking, right? Um, but that's not it. Uh, when I think of a racist, um, I think of it in an anthropological sense. I think to be a racist, you need to combine discrimination. What that, mean, what that means is... Uh, a systemic use of power, uh, an influential use of power, not from a small scale, I mean from a larger scale, from a macro scale, not a micro, uh, and and discriminating on what? Based off of your individual stereotypes of, of a particular, or beliefs of a particular race. Um, what does that mean to be racist? Uh, I mean, from an institutional level, it means I'm actively not going to hire these black people because I have these feelings about them. Uh, I'm actively not going to support things that support their lives. Why? Because I have feelings about them. Uh, and that's what this is. Um, if somebody's going to say that defunding the police is, is bad, it's only put they're just racists. That's all they are. Um, that's literally all they are, and they should fucking look in the mirror and just accept that they are. And wear a hat so I can identify you, <laughs> or wear a pin. Wear a pin or a badge. Something that tells me who you are so we can have a discussion about it, because we've already done reform. There's been many police reforms in my years. Uh, reforms don't work. It's a very, very basic concept. Do we need armed police, police officers to give us tickets? I don't, I don't think I need them. Uh, do I need a police officer to be across the guard? No. Um, who, when a, when a, there is a person dealing with a mental health crisis, where you, if you close your eyes as a non-professional, I'm not a professional, this, if I close my eyes, where do I think they end up going? Uh, I'm thinking they're going to go to an institution where they deal with people that are having mental health crises. So why would I send a police officer to that instead of a person that is trained professional for people who deal with mental health 
crazy. You know what I'm saying? Disarm that shit. They don't need that fucking money. They're not the professionals for this. Call a different number. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But back to the point. The point is, um, I honestly just believe they're racist. They see that it means that we're taking away from the protection of of their interests, and their interests are not in line with the interests of the people. And by the people, I mean the people that are informed to know that this is not a fucking issue. This, this is no-brainer. This is a fucking no-brainer, in my opinion. <laughs> so, is what it is. Okay, well, going back to the, 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 the second part of that question, and to the the white people that are willing and and wanting information, where are yes. you sending your white friends for this information? What, what? Bro, I, I got a lot of white friends. I got Bobby, I got Kyle. <laughs> so, 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 so listen, um, where do you send white friends? Like, And that's the thing, like, when that when that sentence is said, it's most often it's most often saying, "Where am I going to send this adult to look at something?" <laughs> like, no, where am I going to send this adult to know something? Listen, bluntly put, I don't need to fucking send you anywhere. Be a human and just listen to what's going on. If you don't know what the fuck is going on right now, you have a problem. Uh, and maybe we should be dealing with you as a person with health crises, but. Uh, enough of the jokes. Let's just be real. If you would like resources, they are available for you. Um, we are in the internet age. We're in an age where you can Google whatever question you have, and you'll likely find a community of people that can help you out. It all depends on what particular issue you are. Black people, if I'm talking about them in general, we are not uniform. We have a variety of different opinions, a variety of different feelings. Um, so I can't direct you to one particular place in which you would find a substantive answer. However, as a black musician, um, or uh, as a black man, I can give you a couple. Um, if you're looking to find out issues that are uh, are addressing the black community, talk to your black friends. Have open questions. Know that, and let them know that you're just trying to learn. Um, talk to your black friends. Talk to your black people. Check out Black Lives Matter. Uh, check out black. Check out Black Women in Motion. Uh, check out uh, the Village. Uh, which is called the B-I-L-L-I-J, uh, which offers safe space for women, women of color uh, to live and learn. You know, uh, there are, These resources are unlimited available. They're all at the touch of your phone. If you don't have a phone, literally walk outside. Uh, just walk outside and talk to people. Be a person. Uh, and honestly, I can't imagine, in my ignorance, I cannot imagine if a person of a different color was going to talk to me about some of it and ask me honestly, what are some of the issues that you face? Uh, um, I'm interested in learning about it. That somebody would reject that. Um, like I wouldn't reject that. Talk to me. Talk to the OBGMs. We'll let you know. I'll let you know. Two weeks ago, somebody friggin' had an unclipped gun on me uh, when I was getting a parking ticket. <laughs> so you know, talk to the OBGMs, man. Like uh, it is what it is, bro. Like there's so many resources available. Um, you already know the deal if you've been if your eyes have been open and your ears have not been plugged, you know the deal already. <laughs> so, so that's how I feel about that. Ugh. Okay, I want to know where you, where you stand politically. Because in my opinion, we got three parties federally that are all just <laughs> the, the same fucking coin. When do you think that we're going to have somebody rise to the occasion like Bernie did in the United States up here in Canada? interesting right um because this a lot of people can make the argument that bernie didn't rise to education in the united states um it depends on where you are where i lean politically is in the senate 
Um, I can definitely see arguments on both sides. And I lean in the center. Why? Because that's really the only way things get done politically. Um, and there's no way that in the way politics is presented right now in Canada um, uh, that something from a completely right side or a completely left side uh, over a complete term can like always be the thing. Um, you often need the path of least resistance is usually the center uh, and making some type of, uh, of arrangements with the other parties around you. Um, so, so all these guys, I don't give a fuck if you're the NDP. I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're uh, the liberal party. I don't care if you're the conservatives. I don't care if you're the block the back wall. Well, I, I don't care. Uh, you're all the same. Every single one of you are the same. You guys are a bunch of fucking panderers. Uh, and you're literally just trying to speak for the people. And if you're trying to speak for the people, you're trying to speak for the averages. If you're trying to speak for the averages, you're likely going to find yourself in the center. So you're not going to have your savior. Those saviors are for people outside of the political system. So don't look to politicians to be your saviors. They can't. They can't be. Um, unless their name is Barack Obama. <laughs> they can't They can't. They can't be. <laughs> they can't be. Um, well, but that being said, what I would say is people just need to, people just themselves need to become more informed um, of what's going on in their societies and the issues that face them, that particularly affect them locally. Um, I think grassroots levels are the most important things that you possibly can have an understanding of. Uh, I'm in Toronto. Uh, I'm in a particular ward. Like, I need to know what affects my community. I need to know what drives my community. I need to know when I vote for XYZ candidate, what, are, what does that vote mean? Um, follow up with your MP. Follow up with your MPP. Um, make them know your face. Um, because at the end of the day, we are, we, are in, we are completely blessed to live in the social media era. Um, why? Because the only people that have power are the people that are able to connect groups of people. And in the social media era, you're able to do that at a much more rapid rate. Um, you can connect a block much longer, much lo uh, much larger, and much more rapid right now, and that's the only way these people listen to you, unless you have money or unless you have numbers. Uh, if you have both, it's the best. Uh, so uh, anybody that's really wanted to make an impact in politics, like you should probably just form your own little cult and, uh, and get people to join. Everybody drink the Kool-Aid. And, uh, <laughs> and, and do it like that. Maybe you'll be Bernie Sanders yourself. Um, I know if I, I, I don't know if I was going to run in politics. I would run as a conservative, and I'll tell you why. Um, I'd run and I'd, I'd scare the fuck out of everybody. Uh, I would scare <laughs> them. I'd say the other, look at the crazy other. This is what they're doing, and you know what? They're not protecting your lives and your values. That's why I think... Blue lives matter. That's why I think um, all lives matter. That's why I think that. And that's why I think that we need to protect you and your religions. And everybody's going to be just fine on this side. And I would win. And then I would cross the fucking aisle. <laughs> and that's what I would do. Um, vote for me. 2020, motherfucker. Like, I don't give a fuck. That's what it is. When, when, when can we expect you to run then? Because that would be fucking um, awesome. Yo, listen, man, Denzel for president. I'm not trying to be prime minister, man. Denzel for president. I'm, a, I'm the OBGS president. Because that would be my path. Like, like it's just, at the end of the day, like, um, people just, like, on a different type of political conversation. Um, politics is not the politics of old, where you would have a respected candidate, uh, res most mostly respectfully debate another candidate, 
on issues that they face. They would each uh, distort those issues, distort those stats, uh, distort their positions, and they would pander to as much people as possible. Um, politics right now is a social media game. Um, Donald Trump is a fucking social media master. Um, and he was the first person, or maybe he was the second person, to understand that if I'm able to run this like a reality show, I'm going to be able to win. Uh, because all these guys are still playing politics, but they need to be playing reality TV, uh, and uh, and that's the only that's the only way to win <laughs> in the future. I feel like that's the way we're gonna go. You have more TV stars as your president. You're gonna have more TV stars as your prime minister. You play it like a reality show. You'll be able to get more eyes, and if you get more eyes, you'll ha- possibly have more votes. And if you have more votes, you'll have more power, and that's it. Well, let's let's move away from politics and get a little bit <laughs> and get a little bit lighter for a minute because how in the fuck were you guys involved with the Budweiser campaign? Oh god, we still talking about that. But um, I'm just joking, man. Like <laughs> that was a that was a long time ago, but what I can say is that's something that I'm always going to be grateful for. Um these the that company, um I can say they took a chance on a bunch of black kids uh, and they they paid for their album, and they didn't ask anything for us. They put us on the road, put us on a huge tour. They didn't ask anything from us. All they wanted to do was see us win. That's all they wanted to do. And they get much love for that. They'll always get much love for that because they didn't ask us for anything. The way it came about, uh, and I won't tell the story too much more, is uh, is that uh, some random email hit us up and said they wanted to do a documentary on independent dance and... Um, and uh, we're a name that came up, and we're like, cool, nobody wants to do anything for us ever uh, at any point in time. So we're, we jumped right on it. Um, after a little bit of coaxing the other band's members, we finally went to it. Um, it was supposed to be an interview, and then it was supposed to be us performing our song, and then like another interview. So, or sorry, other way around. Song, interview, then another song. So we perform our song, they interrupt our set. I was very upset about that uh, because we weren't playing it right. But okay, um, we do this interview. It was short. It wasn't that great. Not as detailed as this one. Uh, and uh, and uh, and then they're like, "Hey, uh, the stage isn't ready for your next song, but you want to go check out this vintage piece of furniture." I'm like, "I don't give a shit about vintage furniture. What are we walking to?" Uh, and we were walking down this dark hallway, and I was like, "Yo, um, what's going on? Why are we walking through here? This doesn't look like vintage furniture." Bam! And that's when all the lights went on. And uh, there were like 800 people in the venue all wearing our shirts and all of our instruments were set up there. Um, it was a complete surprise. Uh, and uh, it was very, very, uh, uh, it's one of the moments that I'll look back in my life and wonder why was I blessed enough to be a part of it. Um, I'm very, very happy uh, for everything that happened because of it. Uh, it launched us a little bit. It paid for our, our uh, original album. Uh, it sent us on tour. Uh, across the world, uh, I, I went to places that I never thought I'd ever be to. Uh, I never thought they existed. I never knew they existed, you know. So uh, much love to them. Budweiser aside, are you a big beer fan in general? I like beer. So now my 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 issue is that like I don't. So I'm not a a beer snob, right? Like I don't know the much of the differences and what to what. What makes something better than the other thing? What makes something better than the other thing? There are a lot of people that have like better taste buds, and they're able to determine, oh, this 
acidity is blah blah blah. And this was only hops to blah blah. I don't know any of that shit. I just want to drink. So, 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 um, I can't say that we might be a part of uh, on the low. We might be part of something uh, in the near future. Uh, but I can't talk too many details of that yet. Um, but whatever that is, it might it might be the best one. <laughs> That's what I gotta say. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so you've got to share the stage with some pretty heavy hitters. Yeah. How would you say that like sharing the stage with someone like Janelle Monet has, how, how responsive was that audience as opposed to some, some audience, I'm sure living color audience just fucking like chewed you guys up. Right. But like, how was that Janelle Monet audience? The good thing about us, well, just speaking about her, like that show was the Indies. So um, we won a Canadian Independent Music Award. Oh, we sorry, we were nominated for a Canadian Independent Music Award, and it, like we just happened to play on the same show. So that particular show was um, was interesting because Janelle Monae herself is a rock star. So so like her and us on the same stage, that's just fine. That that girl can sing and perform her ass off. <laughs> um, so uh, the good thing about us, though, is that um, we can we can play with everybody. Um, we got something for everybody. We're just really good live. Um, so really good live. I would say, honestly, I'm not going to be bashful with this. Like, I haven't met a lot of people that are better front men than me. Um, I've noticed a lot of people that want to be like me. <laughs> so, uh, and that have applied a lot of things that I do uh, live, and I, and I rate it because at the end of the day, anything that we can do to move these people and make them forget about their problems and just love music, we should be doing. Um, so I think that, like, the good thing about us is that, like, people connect with us. Like, our whole show is just based off of that personal connection. We want to make you guys love each other. We want to make you guys love us. We want to we wanna be friends. Uh, we want to treat it like our own little cult. We want to be friends. Uh, so we can kind of share the stage with anybody. A lot of bands probably don't want to play after us, though. I'll say that. <laughs> there's a, there's a few bands that don't want to play after us. A lot of big bands don't want to play after us. There's some that can that can though. <laughs> well, what can we expect from you coming up? Coming up, uh, well, we do have the ends our our second album, our sophomore album coming out uh, October thirtieth. Um, I honestly feel uh, just just my unbiased opinion. I think it's the greatest album of all time. Uh, but like, but uh, but um. But I think it's like really good. Like it's a it's a it's a statement piece um, for me personally and for the band. Like I feel that I was going through something uh, at the time, and I feel like this is the first time I've ever really been able to be honest on a record and and demonstrate like my heart in people's ears. This is what I sound like. This is what I go through. Uh, this is what I think about. And and this is what it sounds like, and it sounds perfect. Like sometimes when people make music, like you get in your own head, you delete tracks, uh, you like something that you don't like it, um, you compromise uh, for the people around you. You compromise to try to make things uh, sound more accessible or whatever, blah blah blah. We didn't do any of that shit on this. Like we, I just gave my true and honest self. And I'm very, very excited for people to listen to it. Um, like, bravado aside, uh, like, I honestly want to know what people think about it. Like, I think that we're a band that not a lot of people sound like. Uh, I don't think anybody sounds like this, like us, especially over the course of a record. And I'd love to see people, like, embrace something.
something different on the rock and punk scene, you know? Um, so that's probably something that's new that's coming out. Uh, outside of that, like, uh, the pandemic has been, uh, has been, like, it's been a tragic time, but there's also been some blessings within it. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, during this time, I've been able to teach myself how to, like, edit videos and do music videos, man. So, like, you'll probably see a lot of, uh, a lot of directed by Dan's around <laughs> to, be, to be honest because uh, I'm going to try to get the message across and uh, work with as many people as possible to advance their visions uh, I've launched a company called Burn Industry uh, which is uh, basically it's a social media network aimed at uh, uplifting uh, black indigenous people of colors through art as a community and through, our, through ourselves without relying on the industry uh, to give us a handout uh, we're just going to do it for ourselves so what I've done for my contribution is I've learned how to edit uh, videos. I've learned how to shoot videos. And I'm honestly just trying to get out and do as many projects for free uh, or for very, very little. Um, just the budget to make the video happen. Uh, just the people that need them, uh, that need just a, a break to put their video online uh, because that's where a lot of people are consuming music. Uh, they don't want to put, like, it's a bigger idea. We'll have to probably talk about it another time. But uh, OBGMs, man, we got a lot of shit going on, man. Like, uh, we're about to start recording again in uh, November, hopefully. Uh, and so you guys should hear about the pandemic album. <laughs> and uh, and uh, shit, man, shit's going well, man. Now that you're stepping into directing, yeah. how much did film play an impact, like, in your life growing up? Oh. I was wondering, when are we going to talk about film? Yeah, fuck because it. I, love... I, I wasn't going to, but, like, fuck it. <laughs> Yo, I love, like, I fucking love movies, man. Um, I love movies. I want to make movies. Um, I don't know if you saw our outside video, the most recent video that yeah. came out with Justice yeah. Wednesday, man. Like, like, so we shot that uh, in collaboration with uh, Claremont II and D. Uh, they basically helped me take my vision to the next level. Uh, and I edited the bitch. And it's, it's sick, man. We made a movie. Like, we made a movie in our song. Our song's not that long. It's like a minute and what? Just under two minutes. Um, and we shot it in a single shot, a continuous shot. A lot of people need to take that in. It's a, same, it's a one shot. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and sorry, it's two shots. It's us in the car, and then we cut, and then it's a continuous shot after that. Um, so, so people need listeners. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, like, I just think I want to be inspired by the great directors, man. I want to be inspired by, you know, the Kubricks. I want to be inspired by the Spielbergs. Uh, I'm really into, hold on, I can't believe his name is escaping me right now. i got to look it up. I'm so sorry to him. Uh, flip, flip, flip. Oh, gosh, one second, got to look it up because it's just such an amazing direction. I'm freaking, can't believe I'm bumbling this. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Edgar Wright. God damn. That's the fucking man. Uh, I love, I love his shit. I love what he does, man. And I want to be able to, like, I think all artists really need to look, be inspired by movies. Life is a movie. Like, make it look cinematic. People don't want to see life as it is. They want to see it as a movie. Because in my eyes, the character that I'm playing is a movie character. But I'm just a star of it. Um, but now I got to bring people, other people in it and kind of just, like, bring them into the world like a movie person would. And I think that's just a bigger, bigger game. I love it. Just saw Tenet as well. It's sick. For the second time, it's fire. Everybody should go see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Christopher Nolan. I can't believe I didn't mention this guy. <laughs> well, okay then. What are what are some new films that have really fucking just got you lately? Oh man. Okay. So I'm I'm really into movies. You gotta know, man. Like movies is the thing I I do. I do that more than music. Um, 
movies that I love. Tenet, got to say that right off the top. Um, oh, man, my gosh, you put me on the spot. I wish I, uh, wish I, Parasite was a really, really great film um, that I waited until the buzz died to watch. Lighthouse, fucking fire, um, and which makes me so excited for Robert Pattinson's career uh, because I think that I misjudged you, sir. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> okay, um, well, I, 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 have you seen Good Time? Good Time? No. What? Oh, Denzel. Fucking... I'm gonna t- watch it. Tonight? Oh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I'm dude, gonna watch it tonight. Dude. I'm gonna watch it tonight, bro. <laughs> You're gonna fucking be mind-blowing. If you think that Lighthouse... Oh, it's is... a sappy film. Dude. It's a sappy film, bro. Come on, I gotta watch this. <laughs> if, if you think that fucking Lighthouse is good, you're about to get your dick blown away by fucking good oh, time. Fuck. I'm gonna watch this tonight. I'm literally gonna hang up and, and watch this. That is, because, that like, is two hours of just pure anxiety put on fucking film. So it's it, it's the Safdie brothers who did uh, Uncut Jim. Yeah, yeah. And that film, just just on a on a different note, I'm anxious the whole the whole film. I'm on the edge the whole film. <laughs> so it it, it doesn't film. even Uncut Gems though isn't even fucking close to as good as Good Whoa. Time. You're about to fucking get this. blown away. I'm gonna watch this shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna text you, bro, because I'm gonna watch this. Shit. So like the, Robert Pattinson right now. He might be one of the greatest fucking guys working right now because if you, if you if you look at his work with Cronenberg in Cosmopolis, yep. fucking mind blowing. And okay, then he's, you're putting me on, man. And now he's just like on this fucking upswing. I listen. I've I I'm a massive Batman fan. You wrote a yeah. song, Batman. Yes, I did. I, am, I wrote another one too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, have another one. I'm so fucking excited for Pattinson's Batman. He he might he might end up being the greatest Batman that we've that we've ever seen. Oh, it's on the record. It's on the record. Um, and honestly, I support you because, like, look at the roles this guy is choosing. Like, I feel like I feel like he he chose Twilight because it was a good gig to choose. It was mm-hmm. a multi movie career. And for an actor, you're always trying to find something that you can have something sustaining. Great. Now this guy's trying to show you that he's a motherfucking actor in this bitch. Are you joking? Um, uh, Lighthouse was fucking incredible. And just the clips on whatever they finished on the, this Batman, it looks incredible. The, the, um, the thing I, about this, incredible. the thing about this Batman, though, it's not even a quarter shot. And that's the, and that's the fucking and that's the trailer that you're gonna give us. Like, holy shit. Ooh. I'm I'm I might be too pumped. Unfortunately, like I'm a huge Batman's my favorite superhero, right? So uh, I can't. I don't want to. Like, I think that Pattinson's going to do an amazing job, but I don't want to push this up to the Christopher Nolan level, but just of his direct direction, particularly Batman. Uh, uh, oh God, why am I forgetting about this? One with Joker. Um, anyway, um, the 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 Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Goddamn. Oh yeah, I was, I was watching Begins last night. That's why I did my head. Anyways, but. That was the best Batman movie ever made. So I don't want to put Pattinson up there on the level that he can't he can't get that he can't get that high. But I really want him to though. I want him to win. I want him to win. I, he's my favorite actor right now. Him and Tom Hardy, favorite actors right now. Yeah. To, oh, John David. John David is getting there though. John David is working. John David uh, Washington, uh, Denzel's son. Because uh, Tenet was sick. He did a good job. Yeah, the the thing about okay, I will say this about the new Batman. 
and this is yeah. maybe a controversial statement right now, Pattinson's mm-hmm. Batmobile is the greatest Batmobile I've ever seen. I, will I think put, we can just confirm that, bro. I, I, I will put that shit on record. So, it's <laughs> sick. Are you joking? Because okay, so the only okay that this one is the coolest, but the coolest scene from a Batmobile was when um, uh, Batman's uh, in Batman flipping God, Dark Knight. Uh, he crashes the Batmobile um, because he intercepts a missile that Joker shot, shoots, and then he ejects into a motorcycle. That's the coolest scene yeah, with yeah. a Batmobile. <laughs> That's just the coolest scene with one, right? Goodbye, and he ejects. Yeah, but this look at this. This fire, man. This yeah. Batmobile is fire. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gonna kill it. I really hope he does. Um, he's like, I just, I, I really like, I love his career projection, man. He's showing you guys he has chops. He has chops. So I'm gonna watch this movie. I can't oh, believe wow. I, it took me. It's taken me so long to find out. You're uh, you're I, gonna I be you're gonna be blown away by good time. But now I have to yeah. ask though, favorite yeah. Tom Hardy role? Oh God, he's so good. He's so fucking good. Um, uh, my favorite Tom Hardy role. Um, oh God, have you seen Taboo? Ah, uh, TV show, dude. No. One of the greatest <laughs> seasons of television that has ever happened. It's so good, man. <laughs> it's so good, bro. So like, so like Tom Hardy. You gotta realize that this guy's a real actor. Um, this guy can do. I think this guy can do any role. He's done a couple of comedies that are actually pretty good. Um, and like, he can really, he can really lock in on a role. I do feel that's one, probably one of the best times I've ever saw him, just in that TV show. Um, I very much enjoyed him as uh, in The Revenant. I very much enjoyed him in that. Um, uh, I also enjoyed him in Warrior, just because I like fighting. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> If I the best ever I've ever seen him was in the TV series Taboo though, and he also was in a what's that other show? Um, God damn it! Um, it was an other show with the guy that played Scarecrow in in the old Batman. Um, K- God damn! Killian Murphy and uh, Peaky yeah, Blinders. Killian. Yeah, Peaky Blinders. He was also with that, right? I never finished yeah. that season, but he was killing it. He was killing, he was killing, he was killing it though. So, um, uh, God, Tom Hardy is a is a champ. Did you ever watch him in Locke? No, I did not. So Locke Locke is an hour and a half of Tom Hardy in a car, and that's it. And he's on the phone in a car driving. It is one of the most gripping hour and a halfs ever. I'm going to watch this. You're putting me on game. And only (laughs) Tom Hardy could pull that shit off. He's so good. Even in the movies that aren't even that great, he's good at yeah. Um, like I feel like Inception, they never really used him well. I love the movie, but they didn't use him like the, you would use Tom fucking Hardy. Um, like, like this, this guy can do anything. This guy can do fucking anything. I love Venom as well, uh, just because I like superhero movies, even though it's like a little bit more of like a corny one. Or, but like, I liked it. I just like it. Um, yeah. So I'm very very excited to see his career. He chooses a lot of good roles. He was even good. He was even good as Bane. It's just that the movie wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it what it is, man. The movie just wasn't that great. But he's great. He's always great. Well, uh, if, if if we're given recommendations, and since I've given you two, I need to give you a third one now because everything comes yep. in threes. It does. <laughs> I will say one of the best films of the year so far that I've seen. And since that you mentioned that you like fighting, you cannot kill David Arquette. You cannot kill 
David Arquette. That's the movie. Yeah. So it's okay. it, it's like the the comedian and the actor David Arquette who was in the screen yeah, yeah, films. Yeah. He he won the WWE belt, and it's the entire it, it's that entire story. Un un fucking believable. This movie that's hilarious, man. <laughs> I gotta watch it. I'm gonna watch all of these things. Rick Flair's on it. <laughs> 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 that's, that's cool. I'm gonna watch all of these, man. Um, but flip. Uh, gosh, because this year has been weird for movies, right? Like, this was supposed to be a very, very big year for movies, and they kind of just never came out. And uh, like, like it's kind of screwed Tenet because Tenet would have made a billion dollars, I feel. Um, and now it won't get to do that, um, or hopefully it does, but it probably won't. Um, I, I will say like, though, as strange as this year has been for releases. You're hearing about things happening in the pandemic, like uh, John David Washington and Zendaya's completely written, funded, shot, and edited film that was just picked up through Netflix. What? What is this? How do you know this? I need to come as plugs as you. I'm just looking <laughs> at this five days ago. You've been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that... Like, if we're going to get quality films like that, yeah. with, like, just John David Washington in a room with Zendaya, and it's yeah. and it might end up being Oscar bait, at the, who knows at this point, I'm Oof. really excited to see what comes out of this pandemic. Because as, as much oh, as releases yeah. are getting screwed, we might get some really cool, low, indie films. And I really believe that film needed to get back to that anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm feeling that, man, like, uh, Zendaya herself, like, I don't know if you watch Euphoria, but it was oh, fucking, fucking amazing, amazing, god damn, <laughs> so, like, she's another, she's another person that, like, you know, she's coming from, like, a, like, a Disney-type, bubbly-type personality, and, like, she's showing you her fucking chops now, motherfucker, I'm a real actor and star, like, so, so, respect mine. Uh, like she did amazing in Euphoria. That whole show was written perfectly. Uh, and John David, I like. I really want to see him win. I watched him on Ballers. Like, but I want to see him become like more of like an actor. Like, I want to see. I want to see him push like emotional limits. I want to see him uh, take different roles. Uh, and because like it's a big shadow to be Denzel's son. Big big shadow. Um, especially since like a lot of their mannerisms are the same. Uh, their vocal, their speech patterns are the same. It's his dad. <laughs> like, so, uh, so I really want to see him win. Um, I like I like his role selections. Like Tenet was great. Um, like I do think he's gonna have a long and great career. Well, Denzel, thank you yeah. again for coming on the show. Thank you. This is great. I've got more out of this than you. I'll let you know, man. I would I hey the door is always open. You're always welcome on the show. Anything that you want to promote, anything you want to talk about, hit me up, we'll get you on. I, I love talking to you, dude. And and I let's hope talk movies, man. We gotta talk some movies, bro. I gotta talk some movies. Let's stay in touch. Hell yeah. And and I hope everybody checks out this new album, The Ends, because it's fucking awesome. Like it's a pure musical journey. And everybody just needs to check this shit out. It's it's really cool. Well, man, actually, before we go, I do want to say, if you even if you don't fuck with us, which you should, there are a lot of great other bands that look like me and sound a little bit different that are a little bit off the cuff of the mainstream that you should take in. What I would say is take in Troy Irons, T-R-O-I-I-R-O-N-S. 
Oxymorons, O-X-Y-M-O-R-R-O-N-S, um, Danny Denial, King Youngblood, John Crow, uh, BlackRock, B-L-A-Q-R-O-C-K. Uh, those are some acts you can just, like, take in. Uh, State, S-A-T-E, State of Satyrs or Instagram. Check her out. Check these people out. If you don't fuck with us, that's fine. But fuck with some people that look like a little bit different. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And, yeah, fuck, man. Keep in touch. It was awesome. Keep in touch, bro. Thank you. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm serious. <laughs> right. Great, man. Thanks. Talk to you later, bro. Thank you for listening. Make sure to catch Denzel McFarlane and the OBGMs, especially their new album, The Ends, which comes out October 30th, 2020. And this concludes our broadcast day.